Welcome to the new automation mindset where AI automation and integration come together. Successful automation is so much more than technology, it's a mindset. On this podcast, we're here to learn about this mindset from innovative leaders who actually practice it every single day. From Fortune 500 companies to the boldest startups, these leaders have reduced cost, crafted experience, and fueled growth with automation. They have transformed their companies and their careers. I'm your host, Marcus Zern, and as Chief Strategy Officer and part of the founding executive team at Workado, it is my mission to find these top innovators in AI, automation, and integration and share their journeys with all of you. You may notice that this show matches the title of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling book, The New Automation Mindset by Ao Workado CEO, Vijay Tella. You'll hear references to the key ideas of this book, the growth, process, and scale mindsets throughout the show. If you'd like to explore them further, be sure to check out the book in hard copy or on Kindle. All right. So for uh, today's episode, I welcome uh, Carrie Jordan. Uh, Carrie is the group uh, vice president of product management at Epicor. And maybe even more importantly, she's actually a fellow podcaster with her uh, Manufacturing the Future podcast. So uh, it's a first for me uh, with a fellow podcaster here on the on the episode. So I'm really, really excited. But let's let's maybe start here, Carrie, with um, helping people understand about Epicor. I mean, you guys are obviously a, a big software company, provide lots of different products to a sp- specific industry. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about Epicor, what you guys do. Um, let's start with that. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. This is great to be on your podcast, as you mentioned. So um, thank you so much for the invitation. And it's great to have a chance to chat with you and, and to chat with your listeners. So Epicor is over a billion dollars. Um, we are a software provider for the make, move, sell economy. Um, so what that means is we serve industry productivity solutions such as ERP, such as e-commerce, uh, business intelligence, configure price quote, and many other type of solutions for manufacturers, distributors, those in the building supply industry, retail, and the automotive aftermarket space. And this is important because we are very, very focused on our industries. And what we bring to the table is strong industry expertise, a really deep understanding of these organizations, the challenges that they have, and what kind of uh, solutions that they need in their business to solve these difficult problems. Um, So we're essential providers to the world's hardworking businesses uh, that really keep the world turning, and that is very important to us. So as I mentioned, we're over a billion dollars. We're located in Austin, Texas. We're a global provider of ERP solutions. Uh, We have over 4,000 employees and locations around the world. And Epicor, um, a big part of of our um, value that we offer to our customers is an open and connected product portfolio uh, when it comes to our applications. So what that means is, um, you know, even if Epicor doesn't have a solution that solves these customers, we have the connectors, thanks to the work that we do with Workado, uh, in order to enable that connection um, and the automated workflows. So that's that's who we are in a nutshell. 
And then I heard that you guys are a leader also in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for, is it cloud ERP for product-centric enterprises? So so you uh, uh, leader in that. And you really, from what I understand, you you probably almost like a, f- a full end-to-end suite uh, for these manufacturers. Like, I mean, it includes the ERP, it can include C- uh, a CRM, it includes e-commerce and HR and supply chain. I mean, the whole the whole uh, the whole nine yards. That's right. End to end portfolio. That's right. And yes, we are so proud to have been honored as a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for product centric ERP for cloud ERP. So, um, yes, we are so lucky to have achieved that. It was a lot of hard work and we're very, very proud of that recognition uh, by Gartner. So, um, yes. And as you mentioned, an end to end solution for these industries spanning really, you know, quote to cash. Um, type of business processes. Awesome. Yeah, look, I, I'm very excited. So typically on these episodes, we talk to to companies and how they use uh, Workado and automation internally. You know, this episode is a little special uh, because you guys are a fellow software company, right? And and really what, the way we look at it is kind of like Workado as an embedded a play, which really, if you think about, is kind of like the Intel inside. It's like we're kind of like the chip that that fits into your uh, offering. So, so really, to talk about automation and what it means to you, um, and then also, you know, I think what's also interesting, like a specific industry. So we're really focusing today on automation in the context of like manufacturing, manufacturing, distribution, and so on. Kind of like I guess the what the heartland of the U.S. is all about, what, what, what I think we all need uh, more of to kind of uh, uh, build out that, that manufacturing uh, uh, industry. So I think that's what, uh, what makes this interesting. So you, you talked about um, uh, being open, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, working with other solutions uh, together. Um, tell me a little bit more what that means typically. When you, when you talk uh, to... Um, customers, you know, from the manufacturing industries. Maybe, maybe you can also share a little bit what what are typical uh, scenarios that they run into. What that what that actually is meaningful. Uh, yeah, let's start yeah, with that. Absolutely. So. When we're working with organizations, um, I've, as I mentioned, you know, I'm within the product management team um, and we're working really closely with customers and we're constantly, uh, and this is the best part of what I do, really working with them to understand their business problems and then creatively work together to solve them. And a lot of times when we're working with these organizations, um, it is because they have acute business pain that has to do with a particular part of their business that if they could, if they could leverage data from other parts of their business to help solve for, if they could surface up insights, if they could create some automation within their business to solve for, um, then then we could we could really help them. So examples would be: say we're working with a manufacturing organization, and they're a global organization, and they have to manage, um, let's say, uh, uh, foreign exchange rates. So um, that could change very often, right? But if we are working within a solution to automate updates within the financial solutions, then that very quickly starts to eliminate some of the manual work that they have to do on a daily basis. Um, say they have a uh, customer, 
um, a customer system where they're managing accounts and contacts, and that's not currently residing within their ERP information, but they don't want to have to go through the manual updates, you know, of, of entering the information in one system and then, you know, the other, where they could just have it be a automatic update if, if that's something that they would want. So when we're working with our customers, it's typically from the business perspective. What are some of the business challenges that they're looking to solve? What are some of the outcomes that we can help create for them um, to really just get them back in the business of manufacturing or distribution so they don't have to do that manual work? Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is a great one. You know, I think what's interesting in all this uh, is that when we talk automation, obviously what Epicor does, right, when you have your ERP system or all the other modules that you offer, I mean, that's automation in a way, that's automating business processes, and you have workflow engines. You're, you're, I, I assume you have something like a Workado inside your products already uh, in different products. I think what's interesting is really what... What Workado adds to is that automation gets extended in a way across where might uh, there might be um, gaps in a way as you know, you know data that doesn't reside in uh, Epicore maybe where they uh, the customer has a, built a custom application somewhere or they picked for whatever reason they picked something else for CRM or or, or something like that I think that's where Workado almost creates a it's like makes this boundary go away in a way where like you know yeah now you can you can build a a process that goes uh goes um you know beyond beyond epicore into the other systems as well tell me a little bit like you know how does that so obviously um you know workados there that need for connecting and integration and so on i mean it it always existed right uh shifted a little bit with the whole cloud movement i believe uh but it always existed what how do you compare like what what people do if if there isn't uh, any workado i think you call you call it the in in the epicore world it's not workado it's the epicore automation studio right powered by workado but but yes. tell me so if like without that without the epicore automation studio what what other choices would would customers have yeah, you know, that, that that's a great question. Um, when it comes to being able to make connections, we did want to give customers options. So there are some things that they could do. Um, but really, when it comes to ensuring that those integrations are going to be resilient whenever there is an upgrade, um, that they're going to be secure, that they're going to um, behave as expected, we do encourage organizations to look at this integrated platform as a service. And as you said, uh, we did embed it within the application so that it's a much easier, seamless experience for customers. Um, you know, when you have a business leader uh, that is looking to build this integration, they don't want to have to know and shouldn't have to know the very technical details. Rather, it could be a recipe-based you know, drag and drop type of experience. And then what that does is it democratizes access to automation. It allows for so many more opportunities. Um, and what we see as, you know, we've moved to the cloud, organizations have a lot of choices that are available to them. And I think that's what's so unique and really special about when you move to the cloud, you have this modern platform, this great technology that's available for you to work with so that you can bring on the latest and greatest applications. And there usually is a recipe or an industry template already built. And um, 
that's part of what we add to our solution as well. Um, we will work with our customers to understand what they need to achieve and then create these industry templates so that it's a very easy drag and drop, plug and play. You get in, build that that connector really quickly, and then you off to your uh, back to your business. So um, when it comes to the options that are available, there are quite a few, but um, we definitely encourage this automation studio. And, you know, it's it's actually growing um, by the sheer ease of use um, because it really is a, an easy to use platform. And, you know, just inherently organizations are looking to, to leverage that rather than other applications because, you know, other applications can be fairly complex. You know, that's not to say that Automation Studio will fit everything. There are some you know, special cases and having options available to our customers as Epicor was really important to us. So so that's one of the reasons why we see there are these other options available. No, totally. I mean, look, it, it's really interesting what we see out there with uh, with uh, software companies. There's a wide spectrum, right? I mean, we, there are some companies that obviously recognize that there needs to be connectivity, but then what they provide is almost a completely built out a connector to let, let's say a connector to Salesforce, right? And it, but then it only works one way. You can turn it on or you can turn it off and, and there's really nothing you can change. And often, at least it's our experience is that it's not cutting it. It's almost like if you like a, a, a an enterprise manufacturing customer probably wants to make some tweaks, just like when they deploy Epicor, they probably want to configure it to to run their business. You know, on the if you go on the completely other side of the spectrum, uh, a lot of software companies say like, hey, look, we got an API, uh, you're covered, you can connect now, you know, uh, go and and do your custom development it's not it's not our thing uh i think what we what i i'm 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 very happy that you're recognizing that or kind of going that way is that you're saying like ah, it's got to be somewhere in the middle right it's got to it's got to be easier than just custom development with an api uh, but at the same time i have to give my customer the op opportunity to configure that does that does that make sense is that yes. is that uh, in line with how you guys think Absolutely. Yes. I mean, as you said, you know, there could be the custom developed API. Um, and a lot of organizations have very complex integration requirements. And um, what we've seen over time is as organizations are moving to the cloud, um, they want to be able to move faster. They want to be able to uptake the latest and greatest innovations and then get back to business. So by, you know, standardizing many of these approaches by creating these reusable templates, reusable builders or recipes that you can you know, configure to, to match your business processes, they're able to move much faster. And you know, that is so important in the manufacturing space. You have to be able to move very quickly um, and take into account multiple types of, you know, uh, different productivity requirements and quality. So um, very important that we keep our organizations moving very quickly. Yeah, you know what? Uh, what's what's interesting is you know we come from the integration world, and the integration world, uh, the old traditional integration world, uh, was that you had to be very specialized to do these integrations. You kind of had to be like a Java developer or C sharp developer. You had to really. There's really um, you almost had to pick that as your full job. Right, there wasn't any any extra time to do something else. You had to be the integration expert, and 
that's it. Um, when we started Workado, our big idea was really to say like, well, we don't think that is true anymore with, you know, with the, uh, making it easier to uh, deploy in the cloud and with this kind of movement of low code, no code, uh, we can actually, we can expand uh, the, the group of people who can do these automations. That, that was, that was deep ingrained in our vision of Workado. Now, what is interesting, and this is kind of where, you know, talking to you as a, as a, as a big vendor of ERP and a, a software vendor is at the very beginning, the application administrator was actually our target persona. We said like, well, if we can take it from someone who just does integration all day long to someone who is able to configure a, an application, you know, be it Epicor or be it Salesforce or something like that. I think if we have made that step, we've really accomplished uh, uh, something. I don't, I don't know how that how that feels. Is that is that? Uh, uh, I mean, do you see that that it's oh, it's almost like if you if you want to think about some 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 of the Salesforce people looked at it and said like, oh, Workado is like this looks just like Process Builder, which is the Salesforce workflow engine, just that it goes across all my applications. I don't know what you hear from uh, from your customers, your users, these application administrators. Is that is that something? Some of what you hear? Yes, and I would also say that we've come to call our users citizen integrators, and that's because it's really open to anybody. Certainly, the application administrator could be leveraging it, but we also see people like um, you know the, the marketing director. Maybe they need to do connectors to um, an email automation platform and they want to trigger emails and every time that they're adding a new account or contact within their system. Just a simple use case like that. Um, we also see many um, leveraging our connectors for e-commerce. So if they want to enable a new you know, revenue opportunity within their business and, and take their business online, uh, perhaps they have a website on Shopify or Big Commerce or Magento and they choose to connect to an existing account that they already have, it's really easy for them to leverage Automation Studio to do so. Um, we also see uh, organizations like, you know, maybe large organizations with uh, large fleets of delivery vehicles and they have a transportation management system that they want to connect uh, the Epicor solutions to, we can leverage Automation Studio powered by Workado to do that. So by enabling our citizen integrators, we're enabling the entire organization, the business leaders, not just IT, uh, to be able to build those integrations, to manage the flow of data, to create really strong and compelling competitive advantages that they might not otherwise have had the opportunity to do so. Um, so when we enable those citizen integrators, those that really have a keen understanding for how data is leveraged across the organization and how, better yet, it could be leveraged, then we're really taking our solutions to the next level for these industries. Mm. Uh, this is so exciting. The uh, In our book, I don't know if you've seen the, 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 the new book, The of New Automation Mindset. Yes. Yeah. So this is, this is the one where really, uh, you know, we talk about the scale mindset uh, and it's really about... Look, if you limit uh, the people who can do automations to just a hand few uh, IT coders, you will never get the benefits of, of automation, uh, the, the full benefits that is, uh, is. I think the example with e-commerce, I think, is a specifically interesting one because 
that one yeah i mean it is an integration or it's a it's an extension of the workflow from one product like your your p suite to uh you know an e-commerce engine um but i think at the same time it's it's so much more right because it is almost a turning on a new business model being able to now sell online i mean that's not that's not a small thing that's uh that, that's something i think the you know the ceo cares about you know, I, I I have a question about this one because this one, you know, one other thing with automation and and the manufacturing industry is a, is a really good target here. Is if you if you hear the word automation, a lot of people automatically think of like robots. You know, they think of the physical world, and they almost feel like, well, this is how you run a factory. Uh, it's, you know, used to be done by hand by workers. And now we just put a robot there. Uh, but the, but the important thing is the robots do exactly the same task. They're just there instead of a person. Um, you know, in the book, we actually, we talk about the growth mindset. We actually believe that this is, if someone defines automation, just like just doing the same task, just with a robot, we feel that's missing the point. And I think the the e-commerce example is such a good one because it's not just doing the same thing; it's actually really extending the business model to to doing something completely new uh, through automation. I don't know how that resonates with you. I don't know if you how people in your industry, in the manufacturing industry, respond to the word automation and what, what mm -hmm. that means. You know, automation means so many different things to many people, and there definitely is value in not just connecting system to system, but also connecting system to things. And, you know, as you mentioned, robotics actually is a, a very important element of an automation system. And, you know, part of the reason that it means so much to manufacturers is actually twofold. One, because of talent. Um, it still remains difficult to find, recruit, retain strong talent, qualified talent within the manufacturing uh, industry. And so by being able to automate some of the more mundane tasks, you can focus that great talent that you have, your workforce, those people on your, on your team, uh, your greatest asset on really those more strategic problems, the more high value aspects of your business. And I mean, that also is exciting work, you know, for, for those individuals. Um, and so, so that's the first area is, is talent. And then the second area that I think is so important when we're thinking about automation within the manufacturing space is health and safety of the workforce, you know, by enabling automation on, on, on the shop floor, especially with robotics, you know, you can um, automate those repetitive, fast, potentially dangerous tasks. Um, so so it, 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 automation is, is very important. Again, not just from a system-to-system system perspective, but a system-to-things perspective for many reasons. Um, talent and health and safety being primary. Yeah, I think this is the, the, the cool aspect when uh, automation... You know, it lives in the IT world or, you know, the, the where the applications are, but then it does also live in the real world where the factory is and where where actually things are being produced. And and I think the ultimate end-to-end -end automation will be something that cuts across, that, that actually, uh, uh, you know, goes to the IoT world or something. And, 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 and you know, it looks at... Uh, 
data that you have about your customers in your CRM system, but it also looks across the data that you have in your manufacturing, your production uh, systems where the where the robots uh, where the mm -hmm. robots work. In fact, there's one customer we have over in Europe that um, built out what they call the product highway, which actually I know you have uh, a history also in uh, PLM, right? So motor design aspect of, 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 of manufacturing, but they, what they really wanted to, uh, uh build out is an, an, an end-to-end -end data process that starts with the design in, in PLM product lifecycle management and goes through the, you know, the manufacturing stage, then goes through the, you know, ERP stage where the orders happen and so on, but then also goes to the, uh, a service, the field service aspect, because you know that that machine or whatever you produce, you know, might have some some service aspect to it, and leveraging the data from the design and the production all the way down in in possible uh, aftermarket support uh, situations. I don't know if that uh, does that sound like something that uh, some of your customers might also be thinking about. Yes, and it's exciting because what you're talking about there is workflow, not just automation, but orchestration, right? Because then you're taking it from different parts of the business, different functions, and really stitching together a seamless flow, a golden thread of that product data from the initial you know, conception of the ideas, talking through innovation, um, into the design phase, understanding what are the requirements in order to develop and build it, through manufacturing, through the build out and development, through launch, um, then taking the orders through to the end of life. I do love product lifecycle management. I'm glad you brought it up. I think it's such an interesting and dynamic part of manufacturing and many other um, types of industries as well. And definitely has, again, I think really strong implications for what we could potentially do with workflow automation or even orchestration. I like orchestration. I like the word orchestration a lot. It, it might actually be the better word than automation, but you know, automation people get right. Yes, automation that is, is true. A, is a is a term, so you know we don't want to uh, uh, confuse people uh, too There's much. But I think here. technically, yep. or orchestration does actually describe what it is quite well. It kind of makes this point that you know it's not just moving data from one place to another, but it is actually you know putting all the pieces all the pieces uh, uh, together. You know, the one thing I'm, I'm curious about, we talked about the app admins and the industry, you know, in, in the Epicor world, uh, the, uh, your consulting partners, they also play uh, a big role, right? They're the experts that configure Epicor um, with your customers that probably help your customers also you know, get the most out of Epicor and really use Epicor maybe also to transform their businesses to a certain uh, way. Um, you know, I was really uh, 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 pleased to see, like, at least I know of one of your consultants, uh, 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 Thierry, uh, Platinum Services, like he, he seems very excited about uh, uh, what uh, Epicor Automation Studio can do for your world. I'm, I'm just curious what you think. Are you hearing this? Uh, are you, what, what, what do you think uh, um, consultants will get out of, uh, out of this new possibility? 
Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And great shout out to Thierry and, you know, so many of our partners who really do advocate for the value that Epicor brings. Um, we're so lucky to have such an engaged and excited, vibrant ecosystem working with us. And you're right, there are great opportunities for organizations. You know, so many of our consulting partners bring a lot of expertise to the business where they understand, you know, very deeply because they've worked with these customers for so long or, you know, are, are located, you know, either, um, you know, geographically close or, you know, have have um, really close ties to these businesses. And they know, again, just like the IT organization could know where the data resides and what could potentially be leveraged when you start to share data from system to system. And what are those um, potential outcomes that you can enable that would be true competitive advantages that without that sharing of data, um, you wouldn't be able to achieve otherwise. So this definitely creates really exciting opportunities for our partner ecosystem to create value for our customers and to do it quickly, rapid time to value, because there are these low-code, no-code, easy ways to interact with these integrations uh, to really build out that connector or that workflow, um, you know, as you're automating data from system to system. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you can take the app admin, right? And the app admin maybe now can can do things that they couldn't do before because, you know, they had to call another programmer possibly mm -hmm. to use the API and do custom development. Uh, and then from what I hear is even if they know how to do it with Workado, it, uh, or, or Epicor Automation Studio, gotta, I gotta say it right here on the call. Um, the, um, um, they can cut the time down. They can do things that would have taken months. I heard one uh, one example, uh, Stephen Gold. I think there was Hannah at, uh, at Stephen Gold who, who who told us her story. She said like, well, there one integration. It, it was a meaningful one. It was like, I think, 40 different production sites. Uh, and they did an integration across them using Epicor and, and on multiple sites. And, and the project was cut from three months down to two weeks uh, with Automation Studio, which I think that's great. But then for the consultants, I think it what what is really interesting is that in the old world, I think an uh, an application consultant, someone like Thierry, he could configure Epicore, but then to do an integration, he might have actually had to bring in someone different, someone who is more like a, a developer, right, to do the integration. Where now he can do the whole thing. And I think that gives provides superpowers. And I think that whole kind of driving innovation aspect, I think, is if someone has the superpowers, I think it's more likely that you'll get to that innovation rather than get you get too many people uh, people involved. I agree. And I have to say, one of the things that we're very excited about, I mean, talking about lowering, bar lowering barriers to entry is incorporating generative AI and being able to have a conversation with your systems about the types of data that you want to share. I mean, it's really exciting to see how simple it could be. We're talking about dragging and dropping recipe, but I mean, generative AI just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, so this is now where the fellow podcaster uh, comes out because you you're reading my mind. I was just about to get there, but you're uh, you you got there first. We have to talk I mean, about we have. it. It's 2023. It's <laughs> yeah. 2023. We have to. I mean, we can't do a podcast and not talk about generative AI. Uh, that's, right. <laughs> that, that's cool. I, I'm actually curious. So what? Um, 
maybe let's just compare notes. I'm sure you know we're uh, generative AI is really important to to Workado. I'm I imagine it's important to you as well. Um, what are you guys thinking? Like what I, I so I speculate you have all you know running product management there at Epicor. You got a a roadmap of how like different uh, generative AI aspects will get infused into your products. You want to you want to talk about some ideas, maybe? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, but not divulging too much. Um, no, 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 no. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> we are really excited about the opportunity for generative AI. Um, so we're partnered with Microsoft. We run many of our applications on Microsoft Azure. Um, and so as part of that partnership, as soon as they launched ChatGPT4, we were there. We were ready. <laughs> we couldn't wait to start working with it. We were using ChatGPT 3.5 too um, in our development organization to, to, you know, to, to go ahead and test out some of the uh, potential use cases. The way that we are approaching generative AI and the opportunity that it creates for our customers is very focused in on industry-specific value and use cases. There are a lot of opportunities for leveraging a co-pilot-like experience, but what we really want to do is to understand what are the toughest challenges that our customers are facing every day that we could potentially leverage new technologies to solve. And generative AI opens up so many opportunities to potentially do that. And so we've identified quite a few um, of our customer partners that have agreed to co-develop and co-create with us incorporating generative AI. Because what we don't want to do is just launch, um, you know, a, a general tool. What we want to do is launch something that's really focused in on industry value. I talked about Epicor being partners of the Make Move Sell economy, um, working really closely with our customers as partners has always been something that that we've done. And especially within product management, you know, we engage our, our cloud councils, our customer advisory boards, our product advisory boards. And this is another great example of the way in which we're innovating with our customers. And they've identified quite a few use cases. Um, some of them, I think, are pretty industry standard, and we're excited to incorporate them into our products as well. Things like um, product suggestions, you know, when you are going through an e-commerce website and you uh, choose one product, well, then the site automatically would surface up recommended uh, other products that could either complement that product or could be, you know, commonly purchased with it. Now, there are some specifics when it comes to our industries that we need to make sure that we nail when we're doing these kinds of use cases, and that is many of them are uh, uh, regulated in their industries. And if they were to purchase, for example, within, um, you know, piping and uh, fittings, if you choose a fitting that doesn't um, exactly comply with one that you're purchasing, you know, there could be legal ramifications for that organization. So we need to ensure that the um, the suggestions that the AI is making is accurate and reliable. So that's something that we're working very closely with our customers who have agreed to co-create and co-develop with us, just as an example. Um, there are other ways in which we're incorporating AI that we're excited about. Um, another one being as a knowledge assistant. So uh, when you go into the vast library of you know, documents, product documentation, knowledge-based articles, different videos and things, you know, when, when you're doing training or onboarding on a product, so easy to just uh, ask a natural language type of question um, and then have the generative AI return uh, answer to you as to how you can leverage 
um, the training material. Oh, and by the way, there's a link to the source material for, um, you know, extra information if you'd like it. So that's, an, that's another great way. Um, another way that we are incorporating generative AI is as a personal data analyst. So Epicor has acquired Grow. It's a business intelligence platform. Um, and we're incorporating AI to do predictive analytics, but also to act again as that personal data analyst. So as you're thinking about, you know, how many sales that I have over the past three years? Um, who is my top supplier? These are the kinds of things that you can ask through generative AI to a BI platform and have it generate recommended charts and, you know, data tables. And then, um, you know, just to kind of get you started. That way you could just interact with that data yourself rather than, you know, requiring um, a, a data scientist or data analyst to do that for you. So those are just a few. There are several other ways in which we're looking to incorporate generative AI. Um, use cases that span financials, supply chain, uh, delivery, um, manufacturing, uh, MRP. So there's just quite a few options and we're excited to, to be bringing those to market here pretty soon. No, that's great. That's great. And, and, you know, I, it, it's cool to see how everyone is, uh, is infusing AI into their things. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect anything less and, and that's, uh, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what Workado is trying to do, we actually believe that that combination of automation and AI is is very powerful as you as you know i mean you're you're in the same business you you know within your erp that's exactly what you do again we're doing it at the edges where wherever there's gaps to other things uh we let people uh, uh insert a generative ai as well uh you know you work with microsoft we work with open ai it's the same model at the end of the day right it's uh, chat gpt um what um what we're doing, and I think Thierry actually posted on LinkedIn about it. I mean, he quickly built something where, you know, if a customer sends an email, it might be support related or order related or something, he can actually analyze. In a Workado recipe, he can, you know, basically take the, the email, look at it, run uh, uh, the ChatGPT model on it, and then do based on, on that assessment, do the right steps in Epicor. I think that's really exciting. I, I'm working at the moment with actually two distribution companies. You know, that's one of your, your segments also. They don't, they don't manufacture anything themselves, but they're really good at managing the ordering process. And so there's lots of things uh, putting uh, Epicor, both of them are Epicor customers, by the way, uh, and, and putting together... As you mentioned, I mean, this is no generative AI at the first place, but leveraging the data, leveraging the customer data to make decisions if uh, inventory levels are low, like maybe which customer to prioritize uh, and so on. They're, they're doing that in a Workado recipe as in between, the, you know, ordering and CRM, leveraging that data. Uh, but then uh, to bring generative AI in, they also said like, well, you know, one of the things is that... Uh, uh, um, in order excellence is like sometimes people uh, uh, order the wrong part. And so we talked about and, and came to the conclusion is like, well, let's, uh, let's give the customer an opportunity to just take a photo of the part and then let AI decide which part it is or like a, make, a, make a suggestion. 
And, and we're starting to work on that. Really excited about that. That's something that can be roped in in Workado. And then at least, at least uh, you know, Workado is also great to do experiments. As you said, we, we all don't know yet. We were at the very beginning of how this all could uh, uh, play out. I'm sure at the end, a lot of things will be in Epicor, but on the journey, you know, maybe people will experiment uh, on the edges uh, uh, with Workado and, and, and OpenAI. Uh, so I think that's a really interesting, really interesting space. Totally. And um, you mentioned that image recognition, and I think that is such an exciting use case, especially when we think about inventory management, being able to just take a picture and have the AI automatically generate counting. I mean, that is pretty incredible and saves so much time. So just a very simple example can really create some pretty exciting productivity gains, some efficiencies. And that's just, I think, the very beginning of so much that's to come. Yeah, I think I think at the moment, most people, when they think of uh, generative AI, they think of ChatGPT, they think, uh, oh, I can do something in English. And I think that's 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 true. There's a lot you can do. So, uh, understanding emails or basically, you know, doing some research on something, a hundred percent. But I think what people might be missing, where we'll get to, in a, needs a little time, is what else there is. Like I think the photo, the image recognition is a is a is a really important one. Uh, there's so much cool things uh, you can do. You know, the other one you brought up with the BI. Um, I don't know if you've ever used in uh, a chat GPT, the advanced analytics capabilities yes, that they have yes. where you can upload like spreadsheets and then enrich data and, you know, have them do correlation analysis. I mean, it is, it's just next level. It's unbelievable. Uh, and so this might change the world of uh, BI for uh, forever. I, agree. I don't think I people get that just yet. I totally agree. And I have to share with you my favorite use case that I'm so excited about having a copilot-like experience for is email. Now I'm just speaking from myself. <laughs> you know, when you get an extremely long email thread and you have to first sigh and then start scrolling and read everything in order to get the full picture, the full history of what has happened, what needs to happen now, the exciting thing about ChatGPT and, you know, co-pilot type experience is to just have that whole thing summarized. <laughs> I just, that has to be the number one thing that I'm most excited about. So I don't have to go through that scrolling and reading of that entire email thread. That's me personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. So I, I, I speculate that as part of your work, you read a lot of emails. So many emails. Right? So many emails. So so we did a we did a, a a little workshop on AI, and it was so funny. People like you were brainstorming about what could could be the biggest impact of AI on the company, and all the examples that people brought was were almost like uh, you know getting rid of their jobs. It's like what if this could do everything uh, I currently do, and and you know my thinking was okay. So what are you what are you going to do then? <laughs> Take an early but, uh, day off. <laughs> take an early day off. That's right. That's right. I, I heard from one of my co-founders, the, the head of product, uh, Gautam. Uh, um, he said, Marcus, I think we finally found a way to replace you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he yeah, said, wait like, a with second. AI. 
with AI because his so his thing was like uh, um, you know I talk to customers a lot and you know I've been a, a head of product management just like yourself in my my previous life and so uh, when I talk to customers I typically would fire you know salespeople would fire off sales follow-ups typically I follow send up a follow-up email to the product team also and say like hey I talked to this customer what they really were looking for was this and that I you know I think you should think about this in your roadmap um, he said Marcus I think AI can probably send that email to us you you typically you're right now the only one who does that but AI I think we can fix that now <laughs> you know that might be. But I have to say, I think that there is still something magical about, you know, that, that human perspective as to what really matters, especially when you're working with, you know, customers and products and incorporating innovation. So, hey, I'm here to help you fight for your job. I think what you're doing is very important. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I hope so. We'll 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 we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, listen, I think this, this was a, a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I really kind of um, think it's, it's important for people to understand, right? You know, we're, we're almost like in the same game of automating. Um, but I do think that Workado and, uh, uh, you know, kind of an automation platform can actually take existing uh, business applications just like yourself and, and you know, also, not just one, but multiple thereof. I think that example where the one customer had like 40 sites where they run Epicor, I mean, it kind of shows the complexity you got to deal with and the opportunity to uh, exchange information and leverage data across. I think that's just uh, very, very uh, uh, powerful. So, And AI will take it yet to another uh, level. Uh, and again, also the democratization of getting more people into that game thinking about this. I think that will take it to another level. So I'm, you know, it's a bright future, I think, uh, ahead of this for, for manufacturing companies and, and what, they can, what they can do and how can they can, you know, maybe fight off like all that Chinese manufacturing that's happening and so on. I think that's, I think it's important for all of us, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty exciting future. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so thank you so much for, for joining us for this episode today, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Marcus. This is great. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's The New Automation Mindset, where AI automation and integration come together. If you want to learn more about the key topics we covered in the show, you can find them in the book, The New Automation Mindset by our Workado CEO, Vijetella. Also, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's conversations. And don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. I'll see you next time. <laughs>